Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with freedom through faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hello, everyone, everywhere. This is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. We're so blessed you could join us today. We are going to be going through some things that will excite some of you, scare most of you, but I believe it's going to be an open book on what is happening in the United States and in the world right now that shows that Jesus, his imminent return, is coming fast. You can see it every night on the headlines on the news. Everything that the scripture says needs to take place is lining up. There is absolutely no doubt about it. Which means if his imminent return to this earth is that close, the catching away of the church is even closer. At least seven years closer. Amen. Think about that. Jesus could come back for his church and the catching away of the believers before this broadcast is over. That's how close it is. It could be today, tomorrow, next week, even if it's five, six years from now. It's getting close. So close that a lot of people are going to miss it because they're not ready. Amen? Let's go to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll get started in today's broadcast. Father, In the name of Jesus, we thank you for the scriptures. We thank you for your word. For you can know the end from the beginning. For with you, there is no end. You are, Jesus, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus is the word of God that became flesh. And Lord, we thank you for your anointing on the scriptures that opens our heart, opens our minds, gives us wisdom and understanding. And Lord, to you we give all the honor, glory, and praise that your word is going forth through the power and miracle of the internet all throughout the earth, touching people's hearts, changing their lives, places that your laborers cannot go because of the danger, but your word goes because of this internet. And Lord, we give you praise for that. And we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that this broadcast would open the eyes and open the hearts of those that need to hear it. If your people are believing it, Lord, they'll share what they learn with others. So that there can be an end-time revival of coming to Christ throughout this earth, throughout this land, and all of it be for your honor, glory, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Join me in our confession of faith as we lay the scriptural, spiritual foundation for this broadcast today. Amen. Repeat after me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. 
He descended into hell, and the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, where he sits now at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, and from where he shall come soon to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe the church is the body of Christ. I believe in the communion of saints. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. I believe in the resurrection of the body. And I believe in life everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Shout amen, somebody. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We have been discussing, I believe this is week five now, about the topic, Is God Abandoning America? And we've laid the scriptural foundation based upon what Israel went through, based upon the rise and fall of many different national empires, the Roman Empire, the Greek Empire, all that. History repeats itself. We laid the foundation of this nation going through the turmoil of the Civil War because we forgot who God was. And coming out of the Civil War, periods of problems and and security problems and internal conflicts between the white man and the Indians and, and all of that. World War I, just some 25 years later, Coming out of World War I, the Great War, the war was supposed to end all wars. The Depression hit. The Great Depression. Fortunes wiped out in a matter of a couple days. Economic turmoil. Lack. Poverty. Starvation. Disease was rampant. Then World War II started. Terrible war. Millions of people dying. All because one man, possessed by the devil, was elected to lead the nation. And he decided that he did not want the Jews involved anymore in his nation. He blamed the Jews for everything. The Holocaust, the six million Jews, six million plus Jews, murdered by Adolf Hitler and those that worked with him. But they were delivered. A remnant was saved. Immediately after that, the United Nations began debating and finally approved the nation of Israel where they're at now. Once that was approved, the nation of Israel stood up and made their declaration of independence. Within 15 minutes of that declaration the President of the United States recognized the nation of Israel. The very next morning, the nation of Israel was invaded by three different nations, Arab nations, trying to wipe them off the map. And somehow, this ill-trained, ill-equipped military of the nation of Israel defeated three well-equipped armies of three Arab nations. God was protecting his land. The United States experienced a time of unprecedented economic prosperity from that time on. This nation was blessed because we blessed the nation of Israel. 
Israel's endured several wars since then. God has miraculously delivered them at all times. The Bible says He will not allow them to remove from the land again. Period. And that every nation that blesses Israel and helps Israel will be blessed in return. Those that come against Israel will be cursed. And that's, we've laid that foundation out during our past uh, four weeks. Now, we want to take up the question. Is God abandoning America at this time? We've laid out several reasons why God is either in the process of turning his face away from America, according to Scripture, if in fact he hasn't already done so. We've studied how if the people of land decide they want to serve other gods and turn away from serving the Most High God, God the Father gives them over to the desires of their heart. We can see this with ancient Israel when Samuel was getting old and the people said, make us a king like the other nations have. We want to be like them. And Samuel protested to them, but God said, basically, I'm paraphrasing, give them what they want, but tell them what the result will be. And that's how Saul came to be king. And look what happened. Amen. It's a famous passage, one that you know about the role of the watchman on the wall. And I believe deeply that it is relevant to our times today. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 33. And let's read on down through about verse 9 or so. Ezekiel 33, verse 1. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, speak to the sons of your people, and say to them, If I bring a sword upon a land, and the people of the land take one man from among them, and make him their watchman, and he sees the sword coming upon the land, and blows on the trumpet, and warns the people, then he who hears the sound of the trumpet, and does not take the warning, and a sword comes and takes him away, his blood will be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not take the warning. So his blood will be on himself. But he that had taken warning, he would have delivered his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and a sword comes and takes even one person from them, he's taken away in his iniquity, yes. But his blood I will require from the watchman's hand. Now, as for you, son of man, I have appointed you a watchman for the house of Israel. And through our study, we've correlated through many different things that the United States of America was founded upon the word of God, founded upon scripture, has many, many correlations to the nation of Israel. So we can say here that where did we leave off at? Verse 7. As for you, son of man, I've appointed you as a watchman for the house of Israel. We could say, for the nation of the United States. So you will hear a message from my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, O oh, wicked man, you will surely die. And you did not speak to warn that wicked man from his way, 
That wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood I will require from your hand. But if you on your part warn a wicked man to turn from his way, and then he does not turn from his way, he will die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your life. More than 2,500 years ago, the Lord spoke these words to the prophet, Hebrew prophet Ezekiel, a man of God, born in Israel, but was exiled and living in Iraq at this time. Amidst the grave dangers rising, what was Ezekiel commanded to do? Text is clear. Listen to God. Watch for threats. Warn the people. And then whatever happens, happens. Amen? It was a divine calling. An enormous responsibility. Because the people didn't want to hear it. But God was clear. Some would listen to Ezekiel's warnings. And some would not. Ezekiel was not going to be held responsible for the decisions others made to obey the Lord or not. He was going to be held responsible for his obeying the Lord, his teaching the people the word of God, and his warning the people when God told him to speak. Unfortunately, Ezekiel was faithful to the task. You know, Way back in the, oh gosh, mid-1980s, when I started taking college classes and all that, and I was taking a survey of the Old Testament. And this was before I was born again. you got to understand that. This is about uh, six, seven years before I was born again. But we got to the prophet Ezekiel, and I was so enamored with the words of this prophet. I couldn't get enough of it. I kept studying it over and over again. I got an A in that class when we studied about Ezekiel. But I remember talking to the professor. He was also a local minister. And told him that I am fascinated and just drawn to the book of Ezekiel. And he looked at me quizzically with this expression on his face. He says, really? Most people find the book of Ezekiel rather hard to read, hard to understand, and they just kind of gloss over it. I said, no, I, I, I can, it's speaking to me, to my heart. And six, seven years later, I was born again. And within a year, the Lord used, you heard my testimony, I'm not going to go over all of it again. But the Lord used Ezekiel's chapter 2 and chapter 3 as my calling into the ministry. And I've been faithful to it ever since then. And Ezekiel chapter 33 is just following up on the calling of the watchman on the wall from chapter 3. Which the Lord showed me that was my responsibility. Chapter 2 he told me, you're going to preach thus saith the Lord. And they're not going to want to, the people I'm sending you to, the people of your own nation will not want to hear it. But I've made your head harder than their heads, glory to God. I've been called hard-headed my whole life. And now I know it's a God-given blessing. Amen. <laughs> but then in chapter 3, he said, I've made you a watchman on the wall. And this is followed up in chapter 33 that we just read. Amen. 
as a follower of Jesus Christ, and especially since I'm in the fivefold ministry, and tasked to share the gospel, and blessed to do it as a religious broadcaster in our modern day and time, there is a huge, huge responsibility that I take absolutely 100% seriously. Despite the fact that I may catch flack from time to time for what I say, I don't care. Because I realize it is not politically correct or easy to digest when I speak that judgment is coming, that the return of the Lord is near. But basically my job, for that matter, my entire being, every fiber of my being, spirit, soul, and body, I strive to listen to the Word of God as found in the Bible, to speak the Word of God, to tell the people the bad news as well as the good according to the Scriptures. I lay it out all according to Scripture. There is not any of uh, you know, Second Bob chapter 3 in there. It's all Scripture. Amen. My job is to warn people of the threats that are rising, to speak the truth in love and not be concerned with how it's received or rejected. That's not my job. That, my calling, it's not a calling I sought out. It's a calling that God used as he got me into the ministry. This is my position Amen. You have uh, uh, other apostles, apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and all that. This is my part. I'm not responsible for what other pastors do. I'm not responsible for what other prophets do. I'm not responsible for what other apostles do. I'm not responsible for what other teachers do. I'm responsible for what the Lord God has called me to do. Amen. If I do not do this, if I'm not bold in saying, thus saith the Lord, God is very explicit as to how he will hold me responsible for what happens, just like he told Ezekiel. Amen? Just as God warned Ezekiel, he is warning us today that if he speaks and we, his preachers, those in fivefold ministry, do not share his word with others, we will be held to account. And that goes for all believers. Even if you're not in the fivefold ministry, you've heard me preach before and teach before and show you from the scriptures before. Every believer is called into some form of ministry. You're either called to go, called to help those that go, or called to send those that go financially. But it doesn't matter. If you fail to do what God told you to do, if I'm just using this as an example, if God said you have a ministry of finance and He blesses your hand, everything you touch is prosperous. He's increased you more and more. It's not so you can buy six houses, take six vacations a year, and live a life of luxury. It's because he wants you to support other ministries and send them. Allow them to have the finances to send them into all the earth preaching his word. Yes, he does not mind if you live a luxurious lifestyle. But if you begin to worship the lifestyle, 
rather than worshiping Him. If you become focused on maintaining that lifestyle instead of listening and doing what He tells you to do, that's where you soon find that you are being impacted by economic catastrophes that happen to others instead of being protected. The purpose in every believer's life is to get the word out. And like I said, you either go yourself, you help those that go, you could be a janitor at the church, singing in the choir, working the soundboard, whatever. That is helping the preacher. Amen. That's a ministry of helps. If you can't do that, you don't know anything about working a soundboard. You don't have the time to go and clean the church up prior to services or cut the grass on during the week. Then support the church and the pastor financially. You have a calling. And if you do not do what God has told you to do, you will be held accountable just like God says. It may be my job to preach the hard things that people really don't want to hear. It may be your job to provide the resources through your offerings for this ministry to allow us to do what God tells me to do. If you don't do what God tells you to do, I can't do what He tells me to do. Actually, and we want the truth in this, if you fail, let's just use that as the finance aspect for this example. You fail to do and send in the finances God says. God will raise up someone else to meet the needs of this ministry. You, instead of operating under the blessing, will now be cursed. You've left yourself open for the curse. And since you worshipped your finances rather than worshipping God, you have opened yourself, your family, your home, your finances up to an attack by the devil from which God says he will not protect you from. He will give you the desires of your heart, which was to worship the God of finances instead of him. I know that you may not want to hear that. I have one word for you. Tough. Amen. Back on, Let's get back on track here. Glory to God. Today... As I look out over America, I see three major threats. I see more threats than this, but three major ones. And that's what I want to go over today. Some of you may not want to hear it, but I'm going to say it anyway. And I urge you to pray right now as I'm going to pray. Lord, Open their hearts to understanding. May they have ears to hear and a heart to understand what you want to say through them this day through me. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Threat number one. What if America is not simply in a season of decline, but actually headed towards a complete collapse, a complete implosion on itself? You ever seen them wanting to destroy huge buildings in downtown metropolis, whatever? They set up the detonations in such a manner that the supporting beam structures are destroyed. 
and the collapse is not immediate. Sometimes it may be a 15-20 second delay as the weight of that building then cracks and destroys the sub-supporting systems that were not designed to carry all that weight. And one by one, they start to collapse. And within 20, 30 seconds or so, the whole building starts to implode upon itself. When the explosion took place, the collapse was not immediate, but it was coming. Amen? The implosion was coming. Folks, we have had the destruction of the fundamental support systems upon which this nation was founded. Basically, the Word of God. Since the 1950s and early 60s, this nation has systematically destroyed the fundamental morality taught by the Word of God in this land. One by one, these support mechanisms that was holding up the complete structure of the United States of America has been destroyed. And if you want to be honest with yourself and honest with God, you can see in the Spirit America imploding upon itself. That's threat number one. Threat number two. What if America is not simply at a rising risk of an attack by radical Islam, but actually heading towards the risk of annihilation by an apocalyptic Islamic theology. And I'm, I'm not going to harp on that right now. We'll come back to it in a minute. Threat number three. What if America is not simply entering a season of strained relations with Israel, but is actually heading towards a total abandonment of the Jewish state, which brings the curse of God upon this nation? And now we're going to look at these in the time we have left, one by one. First, threat number one, the pending implosion of this land. What if America is not simply in a season of decline, but heading towards collapse and implosion on itself? The nation and the church must know how much danger we are in. If we are silent, or if we just smooth out the edges, we will be held accountable before the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 2, chapter 3, and chapter 33 are completely explicit in what God is saying about this. And here's an example. In the State of the Union address just a couple months ago in January, the president covered a whole range of issues and challenges that we face. But his central case, the, the one that basically he wants his administration to focus on, he said, and this is from his State of the Union address in January 2015, this is an actual quote, no challenge, no challenge poses a greater threat to the future generations than climate change. 
You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God.